Hey guys, I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Another full week of Big 12 football to look back on with you. And as always, we are brought to you by mybookie.com. Great partners there. And with a 100% sign-up bonus right now using that promo code BIG12, that's big one two. 100% sign-up bonus, whatever you want to use it for, our Big 12 picks, the NFL, our friends at MyBookie have got you covered. So great to be with you guys, and a full slate of games yesterday. We'll go through these games as we do each and every week in order. Throw in your comments. We are on right now, Facebook Live. We're on Periscope. We'll be on YouTube and, of course, the podcast later today. So let's start off with the Oklahoma TCU game. Um, this game showed what two weeks off for Lincoln Riley and this Oklahoma Sooners team can do with a young team that is starting to get itself going. By the way, this this OU team, one of the reasons that before the season I said OU has a great chance to get picked off some point early in the year is because of exactly what is happening right now. It's a young team that's getting better every single week, and you're seeing that play out right now in real time. How about Marvin Mims, OU wide receiver? And I got to give a shout out to one of our writers, uh, Timothy Bailey. If you don't read Tim's stuff, you should. He's been contributing on and off for a few years now. He's on board with some weekly pieces for us now uh, this season. He wrote five weeks ago, middle of September, he wrote about Marvin Mims and how this guy was going to be that dude for the Oklahoma Sooners offense. And you saw it once again yesterday, four catches, 132 yards, two touchdowns as well. He is clearly Spencer Rattler's favorite wide receiver. He is an absolute stud on the outside, and he is becoming just an absolute uh, a great player, a fun player to watch on Saturdays across the Big 12, especially down in Norman. So OU beating TCU 33-14, to and you saw that OU is getting better and better and better. And that's why if you were going to get OU, you wanted it to be early in the season because this is a young team, freshmen all over the place, you know, underclassmen all over the place, and you're seeing these guys get better and better. And you saw that play out yesterday. Offensively, Spencer Rattler continues to look more and more comfortable. Uh, You know, the running game still is not great. It still is not great, but it's getting better. And then TCU, I, I am I'm concerned about TCU. A question here on Periscope: Do you think OU is just clicking and becoming that good, or is TCU just not good? I believe it's a combination of those two things. But if if push came to shove, I would say it's OU getting better. That that's what I think is really going on here. I mean, we know the talents there, right? It's four and five star guys all over the field for the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> Drew writes on Facebook Live, nice haircut. Thank you very much, Drew. If you want a barber in Kansas City, I got one for you, pal, okay? Just let me know. Uh, He does great work. He's a reasonable rate uh, right here in downtown Kansas City. We love him. We we love Milo. That's my barber. Uh, But TCU does have me concerned right now. If you think about it, TCU is one Keontae Ingram fumble away from being 0-4. If Keontae Ingram from Texas, the running back, doesn't fumble on the goal line a a few weeks ago, uh, Texas wins that game, and TCU is 0-4. You know, for Gary Patterson, who is, if you look at the recruiting rankings, Gary Patterson consistently has this program third or fourth in the recruiting rankings in the Big 12 for, I would say, on average, the past five years. 
He's done a very good job recruiting, and he should. He's sitting right there in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. You have some of the great talent in the country, you know, within a half hour of Fort Worth uh, in any direction. So there's no doubt about it. He should be recruiting well. He is recruiting well. But now you're looking at possibly a third straight season of mediocrity or worse for TCU. I know they played already some of the better teams in the Big 12 Conference, but you're one in three, and frankly, you're a Keontae Ingram fumble away from being uh, being 0-4. That, that's a problem for TCU. Uh, the running game couldn't get it going. Max Duggan was, was solid, but man, they couldn't get much going on the offensive side of the ball. And that's a problem right now for this team. The defense is, is good. The red zone defense in particular held up a couple of times when it needed to in this game. But, you know, with this offense, and that has been the struggle for Gary Patterson the past three, four years since Kenny Hill graduated. And frankly, that Kenny Hill offense was not outstanding, but it was good enough to get him to a Big 12 title game. But the offensive side of the ball for TCU continues to hold them back. And you're seeing this play out every day in real time, time and time again. And that's what once again seemed to happen in this game yesterday. So to me, it's more about Oklahoma getting better. And I believe you're going to be seeing this continuously over the next few weeks. But I do have concerns for TCU. And let me say this about OU. Can somebody take uh, Brendan Radley-Hiles and just take him off the sidelines and, you know, smack him around a little bit? This guy, I mean, first off, he blows a lot of coverages. We've seen it all season long. But all he wants to do is talk trash. I, I used to work in Oklahoma, so I have an affinity for the Sooners and the Cowboys. I'm not fans, but I, I have an affinity towards them. But Radley Hiles is an easy guy to root against. I don't know if I'm alone in that. You know, you tell me on Periscope and Facebook Live. But Brendan Radley Hiles, bookie as they call him in Norman, is an easy guy to root against. He just comes across like, you know, because he's so small, he's like 5'8". He comes across like the punk, you know, little man syndrome. That's what I think Bookie's got. He's got a lot of little man syndrome going on there. So he's got to relax a little bit. He's just got to relax. Take it down a couple of notches. Okay, Bookie? Uh, I mean, geez. Blow another coverage and then go talk to me. Um, let's go to the next game in the Big 12. And that would be the Sunflower Showdown where K-State crushed KU 55-14. to I know that teams always look better taking on KU, right? That's the case for everybody in the conference. But Kansas State is the most balanced team in the Big 12 in all three phases, offensively, defensively, and special teams. Do you want to start off with special teams, where Phillip Brooks took two two back, uh, two punts back for touchdowns? The guy was money yesterday. Joshua Youngblood transfers, uh, what, two weeks ago? He enters the transfer portal a couple of weeks ago, and Phillip Brooks says, hold my beer. It's okay, Youngblood. I know you were an All-American punt and kick return guy, we're fine here in, in Manhattan. Uh, returned two punts for touchdowns yesterday. And you know what? I mean, you look at the offensive side of the ball, I think that Will Howard is certainly starting to get a little mojo going. Uh, for the Kansas State Wildcats, 17-24, 243 and two scores. He you know ran the ball effectively when he needed to. And can you say enough about Deuce Vaughn for Kansas State? This dude, 11 carries, 71 yards and a touchdown, four receptions, 81 yards. He is just unbelievable. It is so fun to watch Deuce Vaughn play football. And the fact that Kansas State and Big 12 fans get it for another two years, at least another two years, is just outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. And defensively, 
this team is is piling it up. Four sacks, six tackles for loss. Uh, Kansas State is the most balanced team in the Big 12. And it's just absolutely outstanding to watch. The most balanced team in the Big 12. And you know what? Anyone that thinks that you're going to just you know take on K-State, whether it's at home, whether it's on the road, and it's an easy win, which you know back in August, some would have thought with a rebuilding Kansas State team, brand new offensive line, five guys across the board. It is amazing what Chris Kleiman has done with this group. Absolutely amazing what they're doing with this group. And nobody, nobody at all should overlook the Kansas State Wildcats. They've got a half-game lead for first place in the Big 12. They're 4-0 for the first time since 2014. And raise your hand if you saw that coming. Because I didn't, and I know probably even the most diehard Kansas State fan didn't. All right? I, I just, just be honest if you're a Kansas State fan. You did not see this coming. You didn't see it coming. Uh, no way, no how. Also on Facebook Live, Pete, regardless, my Wildcats will be underdogs in every game from now on. That's possible. That's possible, Alvin. I, I hope not. Um, you know, they deserve more respect than that. But it is very possible that that will happen. Drew, Big 12 will end up as a circular firing squad this year. Both championship game teams will have two losses at least. Maybe. I, not at least. Not at least. No one's going to be in the title. Let's just put it this way. I have a hard time seeing a Big 12 team in the title game with three losses. I, I don't see that. It's going to be either a, a two-loss Oklahoma State, uh, Oklahoma, maybe a Kansas State, or an Iowa State, I guess. I, I don't see a three-loss Big 12 team in the championship game. That would be a total disaster. Total, total disaster. Uh, as for the uh, Wildcats, you know, moving forward, they've got a huge game in two weeks against Oklahoma State. That's the one for them that, you know, is going to possibly define who the Big 12 runs through for the rest of the season. So that'll be very, very interesting to watch. As for KU, this team is is a disaster. I mean, it is a, a complete and utter disaster this Kansas Jayhawks team. I say it every week, and I'm not saying it to rub salt in the wound. I'm really not trying to do that at all. But when you look at this team, you got to say to yourself, how and when does it, get, does it get better? I mean, I know that Les Miles is rebuilding it the right way. And I feel like, once again, a broken record saying this, but I don't know what the end game is going to be here. I like that he's playing young guys. I'm okay using this year to play the true freshman guys like Jalen Daniels at quarterback, see what they've got. And then hopefully in two or three years, these guys are upperclassmen. They've been through the battles, been through the wars, and you might get to five wins, four, six, four, five, six wins. But that's a long ways away. I don't know if Les Miles has it in him. I, I genuinely don't know. Bart writes on Facebook, Kleiman is the coach of the year in the Big 12. Absolutely he is, Bart. Hands down right now. No ifs, ands, or buts. Chris Kleiman is the Big 12 coach of the year. And anybody that voted otherwise would be insane. Like, they should have their vote removed if they would not vote today Chris Kleiman to be the head coach of the year in the Big 12. Even, uh, you know, even Mike Gundy should be voting for Chris Kleiman, all right? Mike Gundy brought back Chuba Hubbard, Sanders, Wallace, all these studs, his whole defense, 9 of 11 or 10 of 11 guys on defense. Uh, Chris Kleiman brought back, like, you know, his kicker. 
okay? <laughs> and yes, he had Skylar Thompson, but still, the amount of turnover at K at K State this year has been incredible. And what Chris Kleiman is doing should not in any way uh, be overlooked. It has been unbelievable to watch. All right, then we go to the Oklahoma State Iowa State game. Cowboys getting a 24-21 win. I got a backdoor cover with the Cyclones plus three and a half in this game. Uh, but the box score doesn't tell the story, okay? Oklahoma State, especially for the last quarter or so of this game, had complete control. You know why? Because Brock Purdy could not get anything done. I mean, he couldn't. And before the season, you know, Brock Purdy was talked about as a guy who could be a first-round NFL draft pick. I'm not an NFL draft guru, expert. I don't know perfectly who translates who doesn't, okay? That's just not, I'm not as big of an NFL guy as I am a college guy. But if you've watched now Brock Purdy against Louisiana, which I get Charlie Kohler was out, and then you've watched him against Oklahoma State, just watch those two uh, films. Do you feel confident that Brock Purdy's going to be a guy to light it up on Sundays? Now, his offensive line needs work, and and this has been a— Matt Campbell, for all the amazing things that he has done at Iowa State, I I feel like, especially the last couple of seasons, the offensive line has held this team back. And we always hear about how Brock Purdy likes it when the pocket breaks down. He gets to roll out. He gets to, you know, have some fun. But yesterday, I mean, he'd take a snap, and the guy was running for his life. Now, Oklahoma State's got a great defense, and I'll get to that here in a second. But Brock Purdy was consistently running for his life uh, in that pocket and outside of that pocket. He finished 19-34, 162 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. He was not very good at all yesterday. And yes, it was a good defense. I understand it was a very good defense. The best defense I would say I'm seeing right now in the Big 12 and maybe one of the best in the country. But you, you can't win conference championships consistently when you're expecting your quarterback to enjoy getting flushed out of the pocket on every single passing attempt. That's a very tough way to move forward, and that's what uh, Matt Campbell has asked Brock Purdy to do. Now, Brees Hall had himself a good game, 20 carries, 185 yards, uh, and a score. Of course, you know he had a long, what, 68-yard, 66-yard touchdown run or something like that. But in the end, as I tweeted in the fourth quarter, eventually Brock Purdy's got to make a play. This team can't just rely on Brees Hall to break off a 65-yard touchdown run. And it seemed like uh, they were hoping that was going to happen at some point yesterday. Now, he's got great weapons. Charlie Kohler was awesome. You know, you see the Iowa State receiving core, but it also is, is not, you know, very deep. Four guys had catches yesterday for Iowa State. Xavier Hutchinson, Charlie Kohler, Chase Allen, and Brees Hall. That's one wide receiver with a catch yesterday because Kohler and Allen are tight ends and, and Brees Hall's a running back. You had one wide receiver with a catch for the Iowa State Cyclones. Uh, that's that's a problem. So, Brocktober, I don't know if it's it's over. I mean, they got you know another week of it next week, but certainly came back down to earth a little bit yesterday for the Iowa State Cyclones. Now, the Oklahoma State Cowboys uh, right now at 4-0, 3-0 in the Big 12, half a game behind the Kansas State Wildcats. You saw Spencer Sanders come back into the game. As we talked about earlier in the week, I did not want to see a two-quarterback system with Shane Ellingworth. You know, maybe that was Gundy being tongue-in-cheek during the week and just trying to play coy. But um, you saw how Spencer Sanders gives this offense a different look for the Cowboys. 
He wasn't great. He threw a couple of picks. Uh, but in terms of how he makes the offense look different, he did it yesterday. You saw it. 15 carries, 71 yards with that rushing touchdown into the right corner of the end zone. That really gave Oklahoma State, it felt like, control of this game in the second half. Uh, through the air, 20-29, 235, one score in the two picks I mentioned earlier. Uh, and, and you know, clearly Spencer Sanders is the guy that right now you want to lead this team. Shane Ellingworth can be a very good quarterback at this level. For a true freshman, um, I was really impressed with what he did in a tough spot the last few weeks. But if Spencer Sanders continues to get better passing the ball, and he wasn't great yesterday, but if he gets better passing the ball, then Oklahoma State is going to be the team to beat in the Big 12. That's what this comes down to. And you guys know I've just been raving about Kansas State, right? But Oklahoma State is going to be the team to beat in the Big 12 if this team continues to play like it is and progress like it is. Uh, there's there's no doubt in my mind. Chuba Hubbard is starting to look like the guy who uh, bypassed the NFL last year and led the entire nation in rushing. 25 carries, 139 yards. A score, he had that 32-yard touchdown run where he ran right, cut it back left. Uh, that was just a thing of beauty. That was the Chuba Hubbard that, frankly, I don't think we've seen enough of this year. But this defense for Oklahoma State from Sterling, Rodriguez, uh, Radarius Williams, uh, Trace Ford. I mean, these guys were all over the place, all over the place. As a team, three sacks, seven tackles for loss, another four quarterback hurries. You know, they were making life miserable, miserable for Brock Purdy. And Mike Gundy's got himself a situation now where he does not have to score 35 points to win. He doesn't. And you saw him at times yesterday, especially in the second half. There was a time when I think that Mike Gundy would have gone for it on like a fourth and short uh, around midfield. He said, no, I've got a defense where I can punt this thing away. And that's a big, big deal. Um, That's a big, big deal for... Mike Gundy. He's got himself in a very nice situation. Tom on Facebook Live. Buddy Tom and Enid. Do the Cats get out of Morgantown? Still undefeated in the Big 12. That's going to be a great game this week. And I haven't thought enough about what's coming up this weekend, but that's an underrated game in the conference because West Virginia, who we'll get to in a second, had a tough loss at Texas Tech over the weekend. Going to Morgantown is always tough, especially for a young team like Kansas State is. You make that long road trip. I know the stadium's not going to be packed, but Morgantown's a tough place to play. West Virginia coming off a loss. So that's going to be uh, that and the Texas-Oklahoma State game this weekend are the games to watch in the Big 12. Not sure yet on that, Tom, but it's a great question and a great point, and we'll talk about it more. Hope all's well in Enid there, by the way. So uh, let's get to uh, Baylor, Texas. Texas winning this game 27-16. Tom Herman is off the hot seat for about five minutes because they're playing Oklahoma State this weekend. So I still don't really like either of these teams right now. I was mostly watching the Oklahoma State-Iowa State game, but I flipped to Baylor-Texas. I'm going back and forth, and Texas has the ball down at the Baylor goal line. And Sam Ellinger, it was like an out route to his wide receiver in the corner of the end zone. His wide receiver had a step, and he overthrew him by two yards. I just wonder if Sam Ellinger wasn't at Texas, like, and he wasn't asked to do so much because they can't figure out the offense. I'm not saying he's overrated, all right? I, I think that a lot of Big 12 teams would love a Sam Ellinger at quarterback. But he's certainly not the passer 
that people believe that he is or that he can be. He's a senior, and he's missing 15-yard out routes by two yards. Right? I, I mean, he's a tough guy. He's a leader. 15 carries, 51 yards, two rushing touchdowns. He can run it between the tackles. He's a you know, 6'2", 230. You like all that about him. But in terms of passing the football, Sam Ellinger, it almost feels like he's taken a step back in passing the football this year. Or maybe I've just noticed it more. I don't know. But, uh, you know, that in particular, I was like, geez, I mean, that's a play that that Division II quarterback's got to make. Never mind Sam Ellinger, the quarterback of Texas. You know, so Texas gets the win. They needed this win, and it was a bigger win than the box score indicates. Baylor put up some garbage, uh, you know, some garbage time scores late in the game. And, uh, you know, Texas was up 27-3 in this game at one point. The Texas defense is what really impressed you, not the offense. The Texas defense really impressed you yesterday. And you saw these guys getting all over the field, seven tackles for loss. The secondary was great with nine passes defended. So you liked all that from the Texas Longhorns, no doubt about it. Where, you know, you had some issues is is with the offense and still getting consistency with what Mike Yursich wants to do, mixing in with what Tom Herman expects, and then trying to get that whole thing to mesh on the offensive side of the ball. And I still don't feel like Sam Ellinger has that go-to guy. Is it... Uh, Brennan Eagles, is it Joshua Moore, is it Tariq Black? Uh, yeah, I don't know. How did I feel about the Texas throwbacks? Not a fan. Not a fan of the Texas throwbacks. I mean, I like the crisp white. I just didn't like the throwback version of it. I like the classic Texas white unis. Texas on the front, names on the back. That's me. I'm biased. I didn't love the throwback unis. I know some people might have liked them. I didn't love them. Uh now, for Baylor, Baylor's got itself a slew of issues. I, I, Baylor's offensive line is a disaster. Three yards per carry yesterday. Um, the defense is also not quite what I expected it to be. Terrell Bernard, by the way, the guy had like 20 tackles yesterday. Unbelievable. He is just all over the place. He is such a good player and such an underrated player across this league. But, uh, you know, I, I look especially at the Baylor offense, and I don't know what the plan is there for Dave Aranda, but he's got to figure it out. I, he's he's got to figure it out. He's got so much talent at the skill position. He's got a senior quarterback in Charlie Brewer. Uh, and maybe it is all on the offensive line. Maybe it's all on the offensive line, but that offense needs a lot of work. And I'm starting to get concerned about what this Baylor team can be this year. Baylor's the team that I, I can't figure out in this conference. I, I want to like them. I didn't like them before the season. I want to like them as the season gets going. I feel like I have reason to like them as the season gets going, and now I'm sour on them again. And maybe it's because their season has been so inconsistent. You know, they couldn't practice for, it seemed like, a week or so because of the whole COVID issue that they had. Um, so it's been very stop and go, start and stop for, for Dave Aranda in year one. It's a tough spot for him. I'm not selling Dave Aranda stock or anything like that. But uh, this Baylor team is in a very, very tough spot this year, and I just don't know what they are. Uh, Matt on Facebook Live, Pete, did Texas get rid of the song yet too? <laughs> Did not get rid of the eyes of Texas yet. Uh, they're not going to. I know there's a lot of drama there. Tom Herman has had this. These past two weeks for Tom Herman has probably felt like an eternity. That guy needed that win so badly yesterday uh, for this program to just kind of cool things down a little bit. If he had lost that game to Baylor, I don't know if he would have made it back to the locker room. Uh, I genuinely, I don't know if he would have. But he gets a win he needs. They've got Oklahoma State this weekend. 
if they get embarrassed by the Cowboys, he'll be back on the hot seat. But yeah, there's a lot going on on the field, off the field. There's there's so much uh, that 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 program is dealing with right now. Scott writes, Baylor was out two offensive linemen, and some of the Baylor players practiced one to three times before the past game. No, I know, and that's why I'm saying I don't know what to make of this team right now. I just I can't figure it out. You've got a new head coach. You've had all the stopping and starting with COVID. So it, it's a weird year for everybody, but especially the Bears. That's what I'm saying. I just don't know what they are right now. I don't. Uh, last game was... Texas Tech getting a much needed win against West Virginia 34 to 27. As we're recapping week seven in the Big 12 Conference, I'm Pete Mundo. Great to have you guys on board on Periscope on Facebook Live. Leave your comments and questions there. Uh, Texas Tech gets the win. And if you're West Virginia, if you're a West Virginia fan, I never like to pick on, I guess we do that a lot, pick on specific players. We critique them. I don't like to pick on them, though. But I've got to pick on Sam James, West Virginia wide receiver. This dude has had drops last week that played a difference. Uh, thankfully, they won the game. And then what happened yesterday, tie game, fourth quarter, screen pass from Jarrett Dagey to Sam James, and he gets stripped. Texas Tech recovers the fumble, runs it back for the go-ahead and game-winning score. Bing, bang, boom, Red Raiders get a win. Uh, Sam James is just killing he's killing the Mountaineers he's killing this offense I I mean he had five catches for 58 yards yesterday but I'm sorry Sam James has made too many mistakes and the Mountaineers wide receivers in general they had seven drops yesterday I thought I saw a stat there either leading the FBS with 19 wide receiver drops or they're in the top five uh for wide receiver drops they're just having a rough go of it at that at that position right now so the defense is good but also you saw the defense struggled. The Mountaineers came in with the number one total defense in all of FBS. But Henry Columbi, the Texas Tech quarterback who replaced Alan Bowman, his first start, the Utah State transfer, you saw that uh, West Virginia struggled with his ability to basically create something with his legs in the pocket and out of the pocket, something that Alan Bowman can't do. Alan Bowman, three-year starter for the Red Raiders, I had no problem with the move. The offense was not clicking in any way under Bowman. And Columbia, you know, Columbia's not going to be viewed at as, you know, Dan Marino in his prime here or anything like that. He's not a great passer. But he's a good enough passer. And more importantly, he can keep plays alive in a way that uh, Alan Bowman could not with his legs. And you saw the West Virginia defense struggle with that. The Mountaineers defense would have loved to go after Alan Bowman, who's a statue back there in the pocket. Uh, but instead, you saw uh, Henry Columbi getting this game. He was solid, 22 of 28, 169 yards and a score. But on the ground, he was 11 carries, 40 yards and a touchdown. On Periscope, yep, Bowman didn't fit the system. Columbi didn't make any mistakes either. Yes, no big mistakes for Henry Columbi. And if you're a Tech fan, by the way, you got to love freshman Taj Brooks at running back, huh? I mean, you got a nice potential one-two punch there with uh, Sir Roderick Thompson and Taj Brooks, if both guys can stay healthy. you got to love the one-two punch there in the backfield for the Red Raiders. So Matt Wells desperately needed this game. If he had fallen to, you know, one in four overall, uh, or I guess he would have been two and what would he have been if he lost this game? It would have been 0-4 in Big 12 play. That is not in any way 
what Matt Wells would have needed in year two of this rebuild, especially after the blown game against Texas a couple of weeks back. If he had lost this game at home, that would have been a tough one. So they get a win that they desperately needed. Meantime, for West Virginia, you thought they could have been a Big 12 party crasher. It's hard to see that happening right now. They're 2-2 two and two in conference play, and they're trailing a few teams in the standings. As was noted earlier, they've got Kansas State this week, so that's a great chance to get back into the win column. Uh, you know, and kind of bring K-State back down to earth. You would have a tiebreaker over the Wildcats. So West Virginia right now is sitting at 2-2 two and two in the Big 12, and, uh, you know, they're still an outsider looking in. But you've got K-State at 4-0, Oklahoma State at 3-0, Iowa State at 3-1, and and then Oklahoma, Texas, West Virginia are all 2-2 two and two in the conference standings right now. So that's where everything stands right there for the Big 12. You know, West Virginia still was always going to be a long shot on the outside looking in. Uh, but Letty Brown was held in check yesterday by Texas Tech, 21 carries for 77 yards. So kudos to the Red Raiders defense for keeping him in check for sure as yesterday's game went along. Uh, Vince writes, West Virginia is not good enough to win with maybe a mediocre quarterback either. You know, Daigie is not, um, he's not going to be the top quarterback in the Big 12, but he's also had a tough spot with the drops this year, offensive line sometimes having a couple of issues, but no, Daigie's not going to light the Big 12 on fire, but he hasn't been helped as much as he should have. We'll put it that way. He has not been helped as much as he should have. Evan writes, Winston Wright and Letty Brown are the whole offense for the Mountaineers. Tons of other possibly talented receivers, but can't stop dropping. Heard it's legit in their heads and using sports psychologists. Hey, I think that most of these programs, by the way, have sports psychologists at this point in time with how much money they spend at these programs. But um, that wouldn't shock me. That wouldn't shock me at all. The defense is still good, but it had issues last week with a running quarterback. So if you're Kansas State coming up or anybody, Mix in a run game with the quarterback. Do not let your quarterback sit there in the pocket because Dante Stills, Darius Stills, that defensive line for West Virginia is going to make your guys' uh, afternoon a nightmare. So do what you got to do to make sure your quarterback is is using his legs. And K-State can do that this weekend. They can do that this weekend with a guy like Will Howard. Um, They can. I'm Pete Mundo. We're heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. A ton of great content is already on the site right now, so be sure to go check it out here. And don't forget about our friends at mybookie.com with the promo code BIG12. You get a 100% deposit bonus. Our picks went 2-3 and three against the spread yesterday. We hit K-State minus 20, Iowa State plus 3.5. That's our first losing week of the season. So for the year, we are 16-8 and eight on the picks against the spread. That's pretty damn good. All right? That's pretty damn good. So be sure to go deposit at mybookie.com. We love them there. A great sign-up bonus. Put in 100, you get 100. Put in 200, get 200 out of the gates. NFL, college, whatever you, whatever you want to use it on. And of course, uh, don't forget if you're on the podcast, leave us a rating, review, subscribe. We've got free Heartland College Sports koozies on the podcast for you. If you leave that rating and review, send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get a koozie in the mail for you guys. So appreciate that on Facebook and Periscope. We drop podcasts in the middle of the week. We're not on Facebook or Periscope for those. So be sure to go subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. You guys are great. Have a great rest of your weekend. And we'll talk to you in the middle of the week here on heartlandcollegesports.com.